Well, if you'd like to send us your friends, you could send us. <laughs> Are we done here? You might want to rethink oh. that one. Yeah, I know. How's it going, eh? It's going okay. All right. What is one to do about it? You're either okay or you're not. <laughs> I imagine that's true. All right. <laughs> it's just called Two Brothers is the name of this podcast. That's good because uh, we're we're a couple of brothers who do this podcast. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm Marcus. I'm James. Yeah. We got that. <laughs> I was just leading in. <laughs> I'm trying to trying to make it different. Trying to trying to swing a new way, baby. Yeah. Add some zip. Add some zazz. Yeah. That's right. I don't need a co-anchor. I'm a straight-A student. Lisa, Bart's got something you can't learn in school. Zazz. What is Zazz? Zing, Zork, Kapowza. Call it what you want. In any language, it spells Mazuma in the bag. Zork? What is Zork? I didn't say Zork. What was that? What season was that? Oh, eight, nine, ten, eleven? Yeah. It's a, Yeah, it's after the classic years, for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bart becomes a... Well, Bart and Lisa vie for lead newscaster yeah. of uh, Springfield Elementary. <laughs> surprisingly, zero budget or negative budget, and then suddenly an AV budget that would be the envy of any charter school. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Still working off that oil money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, did they have lower thirds in that? I think they did. Lower thirds? Hmm? Oh, that's a video talk for those, the Chiron on the bottom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The lower thirds. Gotcha. Lower thirds, yeah. I think so. At least in the remote, I, I can't remember that. Anyway. Yeah. We'll, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'll go look it up. I'm sure after the show, we'll go play that that uh, episode mm-hmm. and not be able to stop. Because that's okay. Yeah. Speaking of shows, I have not finished BoJack. Um, <laughs> I've reached that don't want it to end phase. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't want to play the last three. Oh, you've re- you've reached uh, you've caught up to the final release, I believe. Oh well, I've caught up to the last half of season six. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm halfway done, or mm-hmm. so. All right. Very good. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to finish those up. I guess. <laughs> hey, kudos to Netflix for uh, finally allowing me to not use, not utilize previews to not have auto playing previews. Ah, yes. Devices. Yes. Man, that was just. Annoying beyond measure for a streaming mm-hmm. TV service. Like it's the, literally the last thing I want. <laughs> right. Uh, autoplay. Yeah. <sighs> I like the I like the skip intro and the watch credits. Skip intro is great when it's mm-hmm. um, a series when that has a very yeah. repetitive or mm-hmm. long intro or yeah. both. Let's, let's say that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, would be worth. Uh, if, they, if that was on there. <laughs> yeah, Bojack often has the same theme, but not always. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate the option. Well, yeah, at the, in the end, especially. Mm. The end credits is oh, sure. often a, more often a new, something new uh-huh. um, take on the, the theme song. The outro? Theme song? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the outro song. There's a credits. It's, that's unusual about it. Yeah, it does, have a, it does have a theme song, but it also has a closing credits theme. Mm-hmm. Hmm. wonder what other shows have those. Ones that are different, at least. I'll have to think about it. I feel like that was a 90s thing. Could have been. Hmm. Let's go to the vaults. Uh, meantime, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We're, uh, 
trying to I'm trying to avoid becoming outraged by the daily presidential madness some <laughs> some kind of dumb thing that emanates <laughs> mm-hmm. from the executive branch every day I'm trying to I'm still I'm still addicted to it and I'm looking at how I cannot be <laughs> I hear thee well between that and then just the uh, the general media's idea of they have to cover the horse race instead of the issues right true you know of the of the candidates yeah, I, yeah. they just constantly who's in front who's in mm-hmm. front who's in front well because do you think this person's in front how dare you think this person's in front right they've got yeah. to fill the 24-hour news cycle yeah well they could fill the 24-hour news cycle with policy <laughs> uh with in-depth policy examination they just wouldn't put asses in the seats well if you take a page from uh, reddit you do both you could have kittens on <laughs> yeah. on cushions eating you yeah. know fish treats and you could have uh, biting political analysis mm-hmm. those exist That's side true. Everybody's side got a wide reddit feed i don't know about yours yeah, yeah. everybody's got <laughs> a widescreen these days so mm-hmm. yeah yep. probably could so yeah but um other than that just proceeding mm-hmm. uh, with life life is good <laughs> well I, I think this year um i'm about to let's see i passed the halfway point in the book i'm reading which is uh tim mon's infinite detail which hmm. um, I think that came out last year. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's a 2019 book. And I kind of want to follow Austin Kleon's advice and do um, some old books. So I've got Frankenstein and Lolita and, you know, Paul Clay's diaries. All those things are many, many years old. Mm-hmm. It's a, in that one case, I guess, over 100 years old. That's an interesting mix of uh, authors there. Well, I have a, a ton of books on the to-read shelves from the last, I don't know, three or four years, mm-hmm. and, but not very many classics. Yeah. So I want to delve back into the past here and not be so caught up in the moment. So you got Mary Shelley mm-hmm. and uh, what's his name? Nabucco? Nabucco? Nabucco. Um, Nabucco. Nabucco. Yeah. Depends on. And yeah. And Paul Clay, I, I assume, mm-hmm. wrote his own diaries. Right. Translated, mm-hmm. but yes. He was, I believe, Swiss, but he wrote in German. Hmm. So, yeah, uh, those things. Uh, but even further than that, you know, I, I've never really read Homer beyond small excerpts. Or, mm-hmm. boy, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of British authors that I enjoy, and I would like to read them. Maybe give, uh, I was going to say Emma Thompson, who wrote um, Pride and Prejudice, uh, Jane Austen, the oh. Jane Austen, want to give her another chance as a, what, what do you what would you say a pleasure read or a, uh, an optional read not a not yeah, a assigned sure. read yeah well, yeah give her another I shot at, give her another shot at that well, I have to insert mo <laughs> and then they realized they were no longer little girls they were little women. <laughs> Isn't that a Bronte book? Well, see, that's what I was... I got it mixed up. Sorry, oh. literature folk. Oh, okay. I was gonna, when you said Emma Watson, I was going to say Emily Bronte. And then, and then you said Jane Austen, so then mm-hmm. oh. Well, because I think Emma Watson was in one of those Jane Austen period Well, she, yeah, movies. she was just in The Little Women just now. I mean, oh. it just came out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm not uninterested, uninterested in Little Women, but there are quite a few others that I would rather get to, or rather try mm-hmm. first. And uh, I'd like another, <laughs> I'd like to take another crack at Russian authors because 
man, uh, Tolstoy was a hard slog. So Did I just you do War and abandoned Peace? it. I did. I the... started War and yeah. Peace and then I just abandoned it. Because mm-hmm. the, the beginning of it is so very dense. Mm-hmm. And it just endlessly describes this uh, soiree that's going on in all the various characters um, you mm-hmm. know, as you move through it and what they are like, what they look like, you know, what their affiliations are and little quirks of their personalities. <laughs> it's just, it's a uh, fractally, you know, detailed. And I, do you have to keep circling? Uh, let me put another, does he keep circling back to, to remind you of their details or do you have to keep going no. back and re no, you, checking them? No, you have to sort of keep track of who's whom. Um, mm-hmm. Once you have a, person described it it helps to have that picture of them in your mind so that when they're mentioned mm-hmm. you know and yeah. there are a lot in passing you mm-hmm. can visualize it better i like uh there was a i don't remember who it was somebody did a cartoon head of every character in war and peace as they read it uh-huh. and just kept it as a <laughs> like a reference chart or a cheat sheet yeah so that they could have a some kind of visual cue when they read a character's name, they could look back at the thing that they drawn in it. Like, oh yeah, kind of like when uh, I really the like guy when, with the mustache, of course. I really like when the authors include a map mm-hmm. in the inside, right. inside cover. Yeah, very helpful in things like the uh, Ursula K. Le Guin, the, the Wizard of Earthsea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You when you because she <laughs> bounces all over the place mm-hmm. um, over the course of that first book. You're you know you're in the middle. You're all the way out to the the western reaches way up to the north all the way down to the southeast it's yeah <laughs> and that's not a long book right so yeah super helpful same with the lord of the rings mm-hmm. uh, hobbit and and lotr both massively helped when i was reading them even as simple as a map as he drew you know mm-hmm. and there's certainly lots of lots of detail that could have been put in i agree mm-hmm. Discworld, similar right he doesn't uh it would help to have yeah. a map and I don't think he ever did. I don't. Well, he authorized. Right. The fandom is so but huge make one. Um, for Discworld, and, and he yeah. had such a hand in approving <laughs> or encouraging such things. Yeah. They, yeah. People really went to town visualizing Discworld things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have the map of Ankh-Morpork Pork mm-hmm. pulled out, but uh, I forget who. Well, multiple people have done yeah. different versions, including dioramas of, mm-hmm. of the whole Discworld. Very good. Um, so yeah, along with the, uh, I would, I would, I would like to finish the Discworld series along with uh, dipping into some classics. So we'll mm-hmm. see how that goes. If I can push aside okay. outrage reading <laughs> of the moment, <laughs> lazy reading. It's like my version of uh, reality TV in the afternoon. How about a music chair? Okay. Well, the new pornographers who <laughs> are possibly increasingly, unfortunately, named as they become more popular. Yeah, um, but uh, I think it's funny. Wait, are they becoming more popular? Uh, Aren't they a yeah. relatively old group? Uh, they, they, yeah, they've been around since two thousand. That was the first album. Mm-hmm. Just sort of, you know, steadily released them every few years. This, uh, this new one is number eight. I didn't really think much of them, probably mostly because of the name mm-hmm. uh, when they when they came out. But yeah. there was there was a series of bands at that time that were oddly named. Like purposely oddly named, right? So I was kind of, oh, here's another one. So I don't really give him a chance. <laughs> yeah, but I really like this one. You, you're doing uh, the surprise knock. The, the surprise knock. Yeah, that's. Uh... 
I don't think it's a single. The, the, the single off this is different, but uh, just as good. And um, they were, uh, yeah, they're no, yet another Vancouver band. Hmm. More, more Canadian indie, the genre I most favor in all the world. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And uh, they're led by uh, AC Newman, Carl Newman, and um, feature Nico Case prominently. And uh, they've had some other lineup changes, uh, but um, yeah, those two sort of front the band and now uh, Nick did you say is it Nico or Nico I case? I think she says Nico mm-hmm. um, and you've had her as a share doing something separate right exactly I had her uh, I, I shared her solo uh, album one of the one of those yeah. tracks um, yeah a couple years ago recently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I think. Um, but she is uh, she's a stalwart of the new pornographers, and and they are much better for it. She's uh, typically brilliant, you know. Newman writes just about all the songs, and uh, there's another band that I could easily share because um, he just came out with a new album himself, and that's Dan Behar, hmm. who is like a kind of a one man operation for um, the band Destroyer. Huh. That's the that's the band name that he performs under. Yeah. And uh, the last two New Pornographers album, he has not been on because uh, he didn't think he had any songs that fit with them. And he's kind of gone his own way. But they still consider him a member of the band. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, very very Canadian of them. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, They'll leave a light on for him. Right. But, uh, but yeah, it's, um, you know, most, most of Newman's songs, traditionally there are two or three Dan Behar songs, but not this time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they, so, uh, this is it's an excellent album. I think it's better than the last, and uh, the last was pretty good. They're always good. Um, some are brilliant, though. 
So I've liked this more than any since, boy, maybe uh, Challengers, which was, man, t- uh, 12 years ago or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good, uh, good, good record. Cool. I'm interested in listening to more, actually. <laughs> good for you. All right. Yeah. I'll uh, steer some your way. Yeah. All right. I guess this is basically going to be an all-music share show. Okay. Um, just because we don't have anything particularly else going on. <laughs> Uh, that I know of. No, there's um, been a. It's been very pedestrian the last week. Indeed. Go to work, go home. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we did go to Eugene today, and we picked up a couple of new stools. Oh, so not you know, new yet. Domestic life. <laughs> it's, it is. It's not even exciting rural news. <laughs> oh well, Megan and little girl planted a couple of fruit trees. Oh, so there you go. They're starting a. Starting an orchard. Save the planet. Yep. And I made sure I got a couple of pictures. So, uh, you know, someday when they grow into, when they bear fruit, little girl will say, oh, I was only a little girl when I, (laughs) mommy plant those. What kind of trees? Uh, A plum tree and a pear tree. Ah, pears are supposed to do uh, pretty well in this climb. Mm-hmm. We already have two. We already have three plum trees mm-hmm. of, of two different types. So this will be there. I didn't know those would do well. I know the ornamental yeah. plums are all over Portland, but yeah, they, they seem to do very well. Hmm. Um, and apparently, plums. I mean, they'll just grow. You can break a stick off and drop it on the ground. It practically it grows. Oh, nice. So uh, <laughs> kind of the opposite of oranges, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oranges apparently do really hard well. to start. We have two Italian plum trees, which are interesting. They're kind of oblong and purple, and they're very delicious. And then we have an, another one that is has these little, I, I can't remember, they're little yellow, um, almost like grapes. Uh-huh. And just, what was it called? Wild plum of some kind. Well, yeah, some kind of a wild plum. And get that tree gets hundreds, wow. hundreds of them on there. They're really good. Like, they just snap, and it's super sweet juice, but the skin itself is very tangy. So you can you can choose to you get the snap of juice and then spit the right. rest out. Uh, interesting. You don't want that dang. Oh. And it's, you don't feel like you're wasting it because there's hundreds of the things. <laughs> Send some up my way. All right. I'll trade you for coffee. Okay. Done. <laughs> well, that's in, um, let's see, when do we have those? Late summer, early fall, I think. All right. All right. Well, I believe. I will uh, we keep it. I will keep a taste bud out. <laughs> I was going to say uh, ear, and that doesn't make sense. T- yeah. It doesn't work. Anyway, so... My music chair is called Fishtail, mm-hmm. and it's T-A-L-E, and it was um, written for guitar and flute, and just a duet piece by Osvaldo Golijov. He's an Argentinian composer.
And he wrote the piece for guitarist David Leisner, who was playing uh, in this clip, right. uh, along with flautist Tara Helen O'Connor. In, I want to say, late 90s, this piece. Mm-hmm. He has a whole a whole story of the piece, you know, like, at first they the fish starts, you know, here, and then it goes over a waterfall, it gets plucked out by a fisherman, and he begs for... Uh, to be released, and then it right. dances a, a samba at one point. You know, there's a whole story to it, mm-hmm. but it's it's a, not quite as programmatic in sound as it is on paper. You know, because I listened to it and I was like, eh, I can't exactly tell all these things, but mm-hmm. maybe if I heard it multiples and had the story right in front of me, I could probably map it out. At any rate, it's it's nice. I, I did like the guitar, especially as the accompanist mm-hmm. and soloist back and forth. He is a fantastic guitarist. It was cool. As a uh, counterpoint, because mm-hmm. <laughs> for a piece that's written for him or that he featured on his album, it's, mm-hmm. it's really all about the flute. The flute, flute as fish. Right. Yeah, yeah. And yet, it's like, the, yeah, the flute is the fish and the guitar is all the settings. Mm-hmm. So, pretty masterful, I thought. It's very well done. Yeah, it's good job, Osvaldo. Captivating. Mm-hmm. Very good. I think that's all I got. Okay. Yeah, just a nice little little piece. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Do you want to do one more, and then we'll close the curtain? Yeah. Let's let's hear about your. You went to a concert by no, not yet. A person who oh, hmm? I have not seen them live yet. Um, oh, I have. Yeah, I've seen live recordings, but I've not seen them live yet. And oh, I thought you were is, going last night. You said no. It was tonight. Oh, and you didn't go tonight. I didn't go tonight. Oh. This is a uh, former coworker of mine who um, uh, has a band called Mount Zena. I haven't asked him about the name yet, but they're a sort of post-post-punk band. I don't really oh, know how to describe yeah. them. They're not, they have a take on the punk ethos mm-hmm. that is sort of up to the minute. It's a very 2010s or now 2020s, right? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Very aggressive and loose style um but mm-hmm. still uh practiced so it's not just a yeah, it's not just a chaos uh, right. that some punk bands in the early early days of punk in the 70s were um sloppy mm-hmm. and they didn't care about playing well but right um, that's the new the punk bands oh the new punk influenced bands are interested in musicianship as much as mm-hmm. the aggressive side I would like it and it took me a while to understand what I was listening to <laughs> to, to mm-hmm. give it a chance um, for being maybe a little out of my wheelhouse uh, because yeah. I tend to listen to things that are more polished uh, or melodic or ethereal and not so much 
sort of minimalist rage. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but they're a young band, and you know they that's this is music from the heart, and I, uh, I yeah I definitely like it and appreciate it, and I will I can't wait to see them live. They have a very energetic fan base that is just you know crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When they when they play, I've seen uh, lots of Instagram clips of their shows, mm. so they will be there soon. Very interesting. Neo punk. Yeah. Neo retro. No, it's something. Just, it's something a little different. I'll, I'll have to look around and see if they fit into other. I, I know they. Yeah. There's a couple of bands that I have listened to that I I would put them alongside. That uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, something uh, something else. Mm-hmm. Well, for me to you know just you know shoehorn pigeonhole mm-hmm. that I do thing that I do <laughs> sort of reminded me of uh, almost the Rolling Stones vocally mm-hmm. vibe, uh, and then. Yeah, there's a definitely a punk instrumental side. Well, there's a there's a strain of '90s band that a, a lot of grunge musicians or heavy bands at the time were influenced by punk, notably mm-hmm. Nirvana, right? But a lot of that, a lot of their compatriots, um, colleagues, mm-hmm. um, took that and ran with it, and just took the anger of punk music and put it into the vocals. And then a lot of times the music was very technically precise. So that's all. Uh, I don't have anything else. Give it a listen. Mm-hmm. I'll put a link to the Spotify album. Yeah, Mount Zena. Cool. More power to them. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad they have a good, good uh, appreciative fan base. That's cool. Yeah. It's nice cool. to have cool. friends. Quite cool. <laughs> if you'd like to send us an email, you can send it to bros at it's just called two brothers.com. Yeah. And it could be about your friends with bands or whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, and uh, similarly, if you tweet, you can tweet at us at IJC2B. Mm-hmm. Newsletters are being output. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we'll link those in the show notes. Right. There's a link on my blog at marcosharwell.com. And uh, if you're fast on, with a pencil, it is buttondown.email slash pronolog, as P-R-O-N-O-L-A-G-U-S. Mm-hmm. All right. I finished the uh, Joan Didion documentary I was watching earlier today, so I... I may be ready to play it with some, some Bojack in a bit. <laughs> Joan Didion. Uh-huh. The writer? What's that? She's, mm. a, she's a writer and essayist who came to prominence in the late 60s. She wrote about the counterculture, and then she wrote about, mm. um, I don't know, maybe high society, I guess you could say. Um, What's SAS? Essayist. Oh, oh, right. Essayist. Okay. It's a Southern California culture, um, mm-hmm. and that's that sort of thing. And then uh, wrote some novels and... Yep, excellent. Hmm. One of the, she won the uh, Obama gave her the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Ah, okay. As a one of America's greatest writers, so.